Welcome to the Functional Man Podcast. At the most basic level, human beings need connection and belonging to flourish. The courage to be our true authentic selves and embrace vulnerability is the gateway to that connection. Men often see vulnerability to be weakness, and this goes against everything they have been taught about what it means to be a man. However, by not expressing themselves fully, men, even more than women, tend to suffer silently, which often leads not only to substance abuse, addiction, poor health, and suicide, but also to struggles at home, work, and in relationships. Let's pull the curtain back and be honest about the things people feel shame about, the things that can take courage to face. Let's expose the mystery, because it's not mysterious. It's actually just human nature. Functional fitness training develops the physical attributes people need to meet the actual challenges they will face. My challenge to you is to apply these principles to the entirety of your life. This means training as a whole person to prepare for what we really experience. Loss, change, uncertainty, adversity, feelings of worry and doubt. Train to develop the skills of resilience and create the state of mind that allows you to flourish regardless of the circumstances, to enjoy the good life. The functional man approach is to be matter of fact, low key, and even humorous about the human condition. You'll find real people being real about their journey, sharing their wisdom so that we can all get the best out of this life. Cool. Well, let's get this out of the way first. So this is the first functional man podcast. Uh, and, but, and it's going to be probably people at South Metro that hear most of it, but it's going to be going outside of it. So why don't you tell me who you are, both for the people at South Metro, and of course we've hired however many people in the last few years, Yeah, uh, sure. both for people, internal consumption and outside. So I'm Lieutenant Kenny Tasker. I've been here at South Metro Fire Rescue for, I'm in my 29th year. Um, I also serve as a training officer and um, I'm an administrative uh, tra safety officer for South Metro. I also serve um, on the um, South Metro Professional Firefighters Association, Local 2086, um, as a secretary and I've been part of the e-board for probably 18 to 20 years and then I also serve as a uh, trustee for the state CPFF, Colorado Professional Firefighters. All right. I think a couple things of note to me is that being on the e-board, you're obviously involved with policy, but also uh, very intimately with discipline. Yes. <laughs> so you've seen yes. all of the things come across, and I think that's going to be a really valuable perspective for people. Well, one of the things with the union job perspective is is that you know there's the aspect of the administrative part and, and, and negotiating and discipline, but the bigger part that I've noticed in my career uh, being part of the e-board is just the day-to-day -day manage with people and their feelings and if they're in particular if they're disciplined or in trouble and working through all of that and helping them work through that is it's, it's much bigger than actually the the job itself of all the day-to-day the -day administrative stuff so helping people deal with the yes outcomes and the of their actions or the responses to their actions yeah, and i was thinking about we were talking earlier the uh i was thinking that of all the disciplines i've set in over my time, I can't think of a time where somebody that was sitting across me didn't have something going on in their personal life. Yep. And I tried to think like, it was just one time thing where the guy got in trouble, but there were probably lots of things that built up to where they end up getting in trouble or did something outside of their norm for them. Or maybe their bad practices became their norm and they didn't know that. Interesting. I go right to, so for South Metro folks, they know they're familiar with that stress continuum. And if they're not, I'll put it on the website, but that's describing those people in the orange or the red, right? Yes. They have all those habits yes. that were kind of unconscious. And one of my missions that I try to do um, through the functional man is help people understand what the, con what the consequences are of bad habits Yes. and talking and making the point that what we do in the moment has more influence over our future trajectory than anything else. Very much so. so. Yeah, at, at any point we can choose to start changing our trajectory. And I think those start those start small. Like people don't recognize or see those things that are happening to them and they build up over 
a year, two years, three years, life changes, whether it's divorce, having kids, working two jobs, moving, whatever that they build up. And then all of a sudden they're at a point, they're like, man, wow, I'm at the breaking point. It just <laughs> happened. And how did this happen? Because I've been so organized uh, in my life and managing everything and, and bam, it's here. And that's kind of with my, my life. I feel the same way. I, I remember saying, man, I have, I have it good. I have wife and kids and home and coaching and doing my job and doing all the cool things that I do. And one day it's gone. And then what happens? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, and then you, you know, you go through some trials and tribulations of, you know, well, I, I was divorced, which was hard on me. Um, I was lucky my kids were older. Um, so th that stress wasn't as bad, but dealing with it and then looking back at that and you're like, man, I just gave. I thought I was managing life and I was managing my life very well, but I wasn't a man managing myself, my emotions, um, not expressing things that you look back and like, wow, I had no clue what was going on, zero clue what was going on with me. So like for me, what I realized is I've been divorced as well. That was hard on me as well. And the growth I experienced after that was realizing how um, largely I misperceived myself. Yes. Like I had no idea. And I look back on it. My dad was a good dude, but he wasn't particularly emotionally engaged. He just didn't have that skill. And I largely learned what it was like to be or what it was to be a man. And I'm doing air quotes yep. from all my peers, right? And we didn't know any better. And so I got to the point where, you know, I had the whatever the big five or six male emotions. I had happy you know, hungry, angry, and horny, you know, yep. that, that was it. And I yep. didn't have all the other stuff <laughs> and that didn't serve me. Very no, well. it doesn't. It, yeah. it, it doesn't serve. Well, I did the same thing. You know, I grew up, I had a really good dad who was really engaged with me and act, you know, with sports and, and, and life in general. Um, I went to Catholic school for the first four or five years of my life, three or four years of my life, which was very strict. And I was in sports, which was really strict. My dad coached me, which wasn't that fun, to be honest, mm -hmm. coaching. So, and then you get in the fire service and I, I'm a strong person. I'm a strong person. Um, so I think I built resiliency skills when I was younger, um, which I think served me well after my divorce or going through my divorce served me well. But all of this stuff in between the unhappiness or periods of unhappiness or, you know, being down and you don't feel like you can express those because of the man thing you're talking about or the firefighter thing or the dad thing or you're, you're the family man and doing all that. You don't, that bottles up and then you look back at your life and you go, man, I could have been much happier if I just recognized those things. And maybe my kids would have been happier or my ex-wife would have been happier or as a whole, it reflects out to everybody else, which is, is damaging. You, know, you always wonder like, man, those bad times, what did I do to my kids? You know, what did I oh, yeah. say, say to them or what, you know, what could I have done better or shown more emotion towards my son and kids, which is kind of cool to recognize it. Once you finally recognize this stuff, it's, it makes your life much better for not only you, but your circle of friends and family. Yeah, I, I would agree. I bet, you know, my son and I will watch, we'll pick a show and we'll go watch through it. And there's so much emotional dysfunction basically modeled on TV. So I'm always talking about it. it's like, that's not how people feel or that. And yeah. I know he rolls his eyes, but I also know it's valuable. Yeah. I, I, I want him to have build some emotional yeah. intelligence and capacity. Yeah. So what, how I see men now and, and women too, but how I try and look at people when I'm maybe trying to explain how their human nature is, is I see people as whatever vastly human beings first and then all of the whatever societal constructs of man or woman or firefighter mom dad blah 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 yeah. second do you see it in a way just as far as how you frame emotional capacity yeah i think it is how you frame it and, and i think your past history and, and hurts and past from the past frame how you think about who you are but i don't think and maybe I'm not getting the question right, but I'm not sure that people understand what that means when you're talking about that. They don't, we don't, you don't look that in depth. And I think depth is a, probably a bigger issue. It's like, yeah, I'm feeling bad today. I'll just, uh, I'll have a couple of whiskeys and mm -hmm. go fishing for a day and I'm good to go. Well, yes. that's a, that's a limited, limited time frame, And it didn't really, it might've helped you in that moment, but it didn't help you long-term. 
Right. Because the next snow you're you're not you're fishing more and you're drinking more and then you're not fishing much and you're drinking a lot more and then or whatever your vice is or right. whatever it is. Right. Or maybe you're engrossed, which I see a lot in the fire service. I'm just engrossed in the fire service. Right. I'm spending all my time, you know, hanging out at the stations, doing things, you know, taking away from the family to go do fire activities or deploying or whatever it might be. You you, you that gradual swing you don't notice and see. So when you look at people as a human, I, I, yeah, everybody has something different and it affects everybody differently, but that emotional capacity is, is very limited, I think. For, for men and, or adults or even women, I think I more guess. so for men. I think women... women well, let's are, stick with men because we're men yeah. and that's what we know. Yeah. And I'm all in on women in the fire service and it's so fun to get different people in the fire service. The fact of the matter is it's yeah. overwhelmingly male. So. Yes. Um, I'm totally cool with just like yeah no no, serving, no. Yeah, yeah but women do it much easier because they, they talk right they tend to they tend to get their feelings out and that's that's a given well you know it's interesting I don't I tell my story and so I was just kind of hyper masculine and that typical societal male uh, more angry to react and and I learned through this crazy story I'll share later uh, that I'm actually really. And more intuitive and really emotionally sensitive. Uh, and I went through a lot of growth, but when I kind of share that journey in my experience, learning experience with other firefighters, the look of recognition I see yeah. in their eyes is kind of uncanny and frankly, discomfort. So I feel like particularly in this profession, there's, we're pr a pretty sensitive yes. fat bunch. Yeah. I have a, I'm pretty strong person. I think I have that personality and people look at me there, but I'm a pretty sensitive person when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, but you can be sensitive in, in your, in day-to-day -day things that you do and how you treat people, but it's not necessarily taking care of yourself. If that makes sense. You're not. Yeah. So I, I see you and I'm glad you're the, the, the first guest on this for South Metro, because when you say strong, I say strong personality. Yes. Not you, you're not overbearing at all, but you have this this clear. Uh, you're you have a lot of um, charisma, really. I think is what it is, and people are drawn to you, and you get that big, quick smile and, and good energy. So when I think of strong, like yeah, that's that's what I think of. Um, and also, as we've talked, you've been agile because you have been broken, for lack of a better word, yep. and then come back. So uh, what I find interesting, I remember talking to a younger officer about like how to approach your crew and how to help themselves through like the aftermath of like a very uh, emotionally stressful call, maybe a pediatric arrest. And his reply was basically he would uh, encourage like um, emotional expression in his crew, but he didn't want to do that. And the reason he didn't want to do that is because he felt like he was going to lose control. Like it was... Yeah the breaking of a dam and then what happened if we got a call, I wouldn't be able to get it back. I, so I see that really prevalently. If you, like... the one thing, when you say that, I, I'm not built that way to where when I, when I, as an officer, obviously we have responsibilities and, and, and a lot of responsibility, whether it's in the station on calls and, and, and dealing with people or crews that you're dealing with. But I never looked at it as, I'm okay, like, I was always humble and okay to share my stories with people in terms of, like, oh, man, I'm, I, I messed up on that or, or like that. Because mm -hmm. in the long run, it doesn't really matter. If, and I always say, if you're doing the right thing, you're, you're more, I've never been in trouble for doing the right thing here. Um, but I think guys have the persona that they have to be this strong, strong person. I have to follow the law. Like, if I'm asking you how you are after the call, am I asking you that? because I really care or I think there's an issue or am I doing it because it's a checkbox that I'm supposed to do as an officer. Right. That's the bigger thing that you got to get away from the checkbox and you have to get to know people. And I know we're bigger now and people are coming in and out of the station, stuff like that. But it's a common thing to, you know, reassure people that when you're working with them, Hey, what do you do? What do you do? Where are you from? And we do that, but you have to have some sincerity behind that to bring those people closer to you. And I think the more open you are, and the more confident you are in, in being open, it, it serves everybody better, just like I was saying earlier. Your reflection on everybody has an effect, good or bad. Agreed. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most of the time when we're, yeah, when we're interacting with someone, particularly if we're struggling, it's, a, it's uh, 
it's we're projecting ourselves and how we are yeah. our insecurities. So um, I remember I was going to the height of my divorce and, and fairly couple months into it and really, really just lost, like lost. I had a really good friend of mine that I grew up with and went to a different school and we weren't in touch for 10, 15 years and then our kids started running track together and we got to be pretty good friends. And I called him, I'm like, hey man, here's what's going on like that. And he goes, and it's kind of one of the first times I reached out to somebody outside of my circle and like, hey, here's what's going on. And he's like, oh, that sucks, man. Hey, let me call you back. And I'm like, well, that doesn't work. I, I, what I'm like, what the hell, dude? And he called me back two days later. He goes, I went through the exact same thing you went through and you just tripped something in my brain and I couldn't talk to you. And it took him two days to call me back. Wow. And then same situations, same type of things we dealt with. And then he was really a release for me. He under, he was the only one that really understood what I was going through. And it was a tremendous, tremendous help to me. And I'm like, okay, so I'm not crazy, right? right. This happens to, and you see it happen to other people, but you don't, if you never engaged with that person and, and you really know what's going on, because we're quiet, we're strong, we're in the firehouse, I'll take care of it at home, I'm a big guy, I can do it. And, and in reality, it's, it's not. People try and then that's when they fall off the cliff. And that's when things get really, really bad and start tumbling for them. Yeah, I think there's so many analogies. Either they're, they're adding, you know, more another rock to their backpack, or the pressure's building yep. up, and uh, not even not to get clinical, but what you were talking about earlier of, you know, there's something challenging experience, and I'm going to go fishing and have a whiskey, and that lad scene. So that's coping, and I just think it's I think it's helpful. Maybe tell me if I'm being too academic. So coping are things that we do to reduce our discomfort in the moment. Yes. And we can have healthy coping skills, so things that uh, energize us and recharge us, and we can have either like unhealthy or, yeah. or unskilled coping skills. And I would pretty much throw like drinking or uh, numbing, but coping skills are a short-term thing we do to get through and so yeah. that we can, because as your friend, he had to uh, listen to that tough, he was triggered again, he had to work through it, and then he helped you work through your pain yeah so like you got through i know i did like you just had to work through the pain of yep. the loss of your 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 wife and loss of your family yep. and gone you i mean you absolutely yeah you can't <laughs> avoid that you can't avoid it's that coming. shit right right and i think when people get in trouble is they said i'm going to cope i'm going to cope and they keep kicking the can down the yep. road and it adds up yep right you and i were just uh, in the presence of someone the other day right and I was like, oh, yeah, that added up, and now yeah. it was a challenge. But those copings, it's almost like I feel like if we were better at recognizing things before we had to get to the coping part. So, like, when I, <laughs> yeah. oh, man, I'm at that point now. Like, Maybe there were some small things I could have done before that would have triggered me to, it's like, okay, slow down, think rationally what's going on. Is it big? Is it small? It's like that, and that's what I do now. I'm like, I look at things very different. I have a lot of the same things I had before and characters and resiliencies before, but I have, I'm much better at it now. And I remember. So I'm, you're better at like being honest appraisal of what's going on. Yeah, I'm like, like is what this is a going big on? Deal? Is this a big deal or not? Where maybe everything like that's not a big deal. And I brush everything off. It's right. not a big deal. Nothing was a big deal. And I'm like, well, this is a big deal. Let me, let me just sit down and look at what's going on now and take care of it now. Whether it's a hot, hard conversation with a friend or a girlfriend or a parent or a family member, nipping in the bud right away at, at the smallest levels like okay this is gonna suck there's no mm -hmm. doubt about it and i know it's gonna suck and it's gonna take me six months to get through my problem or whatever it is or whatever issue i have in my life and kind of like okay i've done it once before and that's what i kind of feel like now i, I have i'm even stronger at it. like i've been through a really 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 hard time mm -hmm. to me almost everything is not that big of a deal now right so I can look at something and go, yeah, that it's a big deal, but I'm gonna be, I you'll, I'm gonna be okay. And that's what I tell people here. And I'm like, you're gonna be okay. You're gonna get through it. It's gonna suck. It's really gonna suck. And it's not gonna be easy today. It, it might be harder tomorrow. It might be the next day. But it's gonna take some time, and you have to give yourself time to heal and really think. And then I first thing I tell people is like, get off the roller coaster. Whatever roller coaster you're on, get off of it. Right. Just you have to become a little selfish and say, okay, what do I have in front of me? What am I facing? And how do I, how do I get through this? One step at a time, a small step. So whether that's 
engaging with a in a bad relationship keep engaging and you're better for one day engaging like step back and go do i want to be in it or not or do they want to be in this relationship or not or whatever that might be your issue might be is to slowly just start to chip out a bit skip off the roller coaster whether it's you know doing bad things whether it's drinking or staying out too late or not taking care of your kids right or working too much or whatever all of the whatever it is that's affecting you mm-hmm. is to get off that roller coaster and just you got to kind of self-reflect and say look where am i at now where do i want to be and how do i get there yeah i think of a lot of things like you know like the number one thing that we can do and the whole purpose behind this podcast and the other episodes is this like like converse and connect with other people and share their stories and and when we can and the the big goal is just to normalize that we all, all are going to go through this yes. the shit the younger folks that are hired in this department they don't maybe they haven't yeah. there's certainly some that have gone through a lot of adversity yep. um and there is guaranteed to be adversity in their future yep. and that's just normal and the more we can just say yeah this sucks or I, yep. i'm i'm sad uh, or you know, I'm I'm scared, or I don't have the answers. Particularly, yeah. like, yeah, I got you, brother. I didn't I didn't have the answers, but I think your advice really is that. And I think what's interesting too is it's mimicked in like the Lord's Prayer or the the Serenity Prayer. I yep. want to say, you know, which is like most people assume it, you know, associated with Alcoholics Anonymous, which is give me the courage to grant, you know, like know what I can control, yep. and then or the in the courage, I'm butchering it but to take action where I am. Yep. And that's also what for me, like philosophically is I'm follow stoicism as a philosophy. And that whole thing is like just trying to assess yep. things for what they are and where you have power is your mindset. Yep. Well, I think you're right about reaching out and, and when you hear other people. So for me in the fire service, I, I, I think I can't remember the last number I looked at like 60% of us will be divorced. Mm-hmm. And that's a big number. And I always, I saw guys, you know, that were in the generation before me getting divorced. And I'm like, it's terrible. Like, my life's great. I'm, ne- I'm, I'm never getting divorced. I'm not right. like that. I'm not gonna let it happen. I'll do whatever it takes. And then whack, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it took 23 years, but I'm divorced. And I'm like, I'm that guy. And I'm like, how come none of those guys ever said anything about it? You know, maybe you're working too much or maybe you're doing this or you ever thought about that or, you know, everybody's life's different, but you know, for me, I never really had, my parents were divorced when I was in high school, but as I always say, teenagers are selfish. Right. It was hard, but you don't really, you don't really kind of get it. But I've seen careers and peoples and personalities, and I think they've left this job early because of it. And I think one of the biggest issues we have in the, in the fire service is divorce and how people come out of that. And, and I can name, mm-hmm. five, you know, I'm not going to say their names, five or six people. And I look at them like, that guy was changed by his divorce and he never recovered. That guy never recovered. Mm-hmm. That guy never recovered. She never recovered. And I can go down a list and, and I don't care what anybody says. I can, you can go back to that and that definitely changed their lifestyle. Right. And, and that's ne- back to that inflection point, right? That was, yeah. that was a challenge and how they chose to respond to it. Yep. And sometimes, I think most people, the vast majority of people are doing the best they can. Yes. You know, yes. I think almost everybody is. Yep. And sometimes that's, that's like, oh boy, <laughs> uh, they need some help. Um, but I agree. We had that conversation earlier and you can see people that were, you know, for lack of a better word, just broken by their divorce. And they can, yep. I've got two, well, I mean, we all do, right? I have two that's... really close friends that are working through it. And, and I said the same thing is like, I feel like a failure and I'm ashamed yep. Yep. of it, yep. which is understandable. And it's also like, Half of marriages end, and that says a lot more, I think, about all the, the social pressures yep. and, the, and the expectations that we put on marriage than us. So I can say my, my marriage failed. It did because yeah. it's not going on anymore. No. But I'll also say that, man, the growth that I've experienced uh, from that has been fantastic. You almost, you almost wish, it's kind of weird, but you almost wish that it would have happened really early in your life. If I had, if this, if I, if I was had the skills that I've learned after, you know, all of it, if I had that early in my life, I, I'm curious how you would be now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like some people do. I, I, I was telling a good friend of mine, I'm like, he's like, man, I just haven't had anything really terrible. I've said, it's going to happen. Nobody goes through their entire life and doesn't have one of the moments that I had or right. you had or anything. It's going to happen. So you can try to recognize and minimize it or something like that. And, I'm, and whether it's a death or, you know, a divorce or financial 
being lose your house or lose your job or whatever. Right. Something will happen. Nobody's got through here. Nobody's undefeated. Right. <laughs> Nobody's right. undefeated right. in life. So I just look back and I have, and I share my story all the time. I share my story all the time about going through, and especially when I'm talking with guys that are, uh, who call me or asking for advice. And I, I have people that call me all the time now and ask me about, about divorces and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah they suck, but you're going to be okay. I'm like, trust me, you will be okay. And it's good that I can explain that to him. And I'm actually good that people feel like they can call me to do that, but we don't do it at a big enough scale. No. I look back at the old timers that could have, you know, given a lot of us young guys knowledge, kind of like my age now with all the young, with the young fire department we have, but giving you some knowledge back then to try to even, to even spark my brain or even to try to trigger something that, that I'm doing wrong that I'm not coping with yeah. or whatever. I think guys are, I think there is, there's definitely that knowledge where we, the generation, so to speak before us, cause I'm, I'm in the tw- mid twenties. So you and I are, you know, yeah. peers when it comes to duration of the fire service and our age is just all that stuff wasn't available. Yeah. And it, and it is now. And I think the younger generations see more of it, however, still. So like, yeah, it's like that divorce, divorce sucks and it's going to be painful. Yeah. I think the advice that I've given to people is uh, it's similar to like get off the roller coaster, but commit to getting through it in a healthy way. Yes. And people are like, well, what's that mean? It's like, well, there's any way, number of ways that like one, get a, get a damn therapist, you yeah. know, and just because therapists help to, to yeah. validate and invalidate your thought and say, yeah, that's well, maybe yeah. Kenny, maybe you could see it a different way, but uh, like get good advice from yes. people that have, that Absolutely. come through it well or a professional yep. and freaking follow it. Yep. Yeah. I remember my, my, my mom who I love and respect to death. Um, favorite person in the world. She, uh, she says, you're drinking too much. I'm yeah. Like, oh, really? Not really. I'm like, I'm like, she's got no, she's like, oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. You're right. Yeah. And it, it was somebody that, you know, that cared for me, obviously that said something to me and it goes back. I think one thing we do, here in the fire service is that we have a lot of information, whether it's firefighting, peer support, whatever, we have all of this information and we, we play a good game. Somebody has, goes through a hard time, loses somebody in their family. We all show up at the funeral. We do, you know, cook for them. We do all of this stuff for them and we do it very well, almost too much. I mean, mm-hmm. almost too much. We do it very well. But then when the funeral's over or the events over, like, it just goes away. Mm-hmm. And there's no long lasting, we're just checking the box basically, I guess what we're saying. So when we have, like we have peer support, all the great things we have here within our, with, you know, even at our department and locally and nationally and all the things we have, I don't think we really absorb it like we sh- use it like we should. So when we talk about peer support, so I'll just back up like, well, I have a question is, do you think that we're checking the box or the another way that I see it is we're providing the kind of support that's comfortable to us. Cause there's all different ways to provide the support. They're showing up with meals and cutting lawns. But like, I think one way that we're not really comfortable with is just sitting with the dude. Yes. Like this sucks. And people will tell me or ask me uh, on the peer support team, what do I say? I don't know if there's anything right to say. I'm like, buddy, there's no right thing to say other than Kenny, yes. dude, I'm, I feel bad for you. This sucks. I don't know what, and say, I don't know what to say. And that connection is so impactful. That's what people. I think we need to get better at. And, and all of us taking some accountability to get better at that stuff. And just saying, yeah, we went, we did the party. We were the firefighters. We stick together. That's a great part of our job. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But it's a really small part when it comes to dealing with somebody with issues and problems and talking about it. like, Hey, how are you doing? Are you okay with that call? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, okay. I'm like, <laughs> like, really? What do you? What, what the hell mean? does that mean? What yeah. does that mean? I'm like, yeah, you're good. You're like, I'm at work with a bunch of my firefighter buddies. What do you think I'm going to say was terrible and cry in your arm and do like they didn't? They're not going to do it unless they right. have that avenue to do that. So one thing I, I've learned well in I, people that know me like that, I I will tell you like it is. I'm like, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how you doing? How's how's it going with whatever you're dealing with? And they're like, oh, I'm doing really good. I'm like. No, you're not. That's dumb. Give me a break. And I actually, people try to be the sensitive, take the sensitive route because they, they don't want to disrupt anything. But sometimes people need, hey. Hey, dumbass. Right. It's dumb. No, mm-hmm. you're not. How can you be? And if you are, 
I'm even more worried about you than, than what you're talking about. Because if you think you're okay, then you're not. And I will say that to people. And I've had some lashback. Somebody's sitting there, I'm like, and they sit on it for a while and think about it. And they're like, I've had guys call me and say, hey, you're right, man. I am, I'm jacked up. Well, and your mom, right? You're yep. drinking too much. Yep. Uh, when my wife told me I was drinking too much, I'm like, ah, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, all these things, you look back in hindsight. And if there's any number of ways to yep. approach it. I think it's much better for people to say, Where, where's your head at? And then really, if you want to know, if you think someone's struggling, you can't say, hey, you're struggling. It's like, tell them about when you struggle. Yep. Or at least say, man, I, on that call, I was thinking about like my kids. Or I was thinking about that family. And, yep. and just like, we don't have to go like, hey, tell me how you're feeling. Because we, in large part, are not really skilled at that. But no. you know, one thing I wanted to get at was, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, you went through your, uh, uh, you were in the midst of your divorce, you're drinking much, you're really struggling. You know, I, I tell people about uh, laying on my kitchen floor at five in the morning, yes. like curled up in yep. a fetal position, snot coming out of my nose, just falling <laughs> my head off. And that whole thing, like, I know what I'll do. I'm going to go to work, yeah. you know. And I made it till 9 a.m. the first time, and I made it till, I think, 10 a.m. the second time. And, man, I was, uh, I was literally, I had... <laughs> yeah. that crying going on snots coming out and Rob Keller who people know but he you know he was uh, um, he was a good guy he was a variable guy but he's like get in this truck and I just you know I was completely broken yeah. and I was at work and more than a dozen guys saw me in that state and I I've ne I never felt shame about it and yeah. I, I never had one person criticize me yes. I never heard a single thing through the grapevine or oh, Ben O'Brien you know why that is though is because they've probably been through that or yeah. going through that. And they're like, man, I really get where he's at right now. That's yeah. why yeah. But we don't, we, you would, nobody else is going to say that in this, this station. Or right. That they know, they see that and know that. Right. Yes. Right. I mean, I know like Rob Keller had been divorced at that time yep. and as hard as, you know, and, uh, as much as his personal hours at work, I guarantee you that that guy's been a blubbering mess in his career. Cause I know, he, I yes. know what he's been through. Yes. We all, we all have. Yes. Yeah. But so back to that, though, I think, as I recall, you know, you moved in with your mom, right? Yep. And you're drinking. Yep. And then the, tell me the story. Like, as I recall, were you still pretty much struggling, like, during the Cornerstone fire? Or? No, I, I was actually, I, don't, I haven't told to me this people's story, but I was actually at my mom's house. And I, I was running from home on, on calls. And I was actually sitting in the back porch. And I was just, I'm like, I got off the roller coaster. I was crying. I was upset. I'm like that. And I'm like, I guess I'm getting divorced. Mm -hmm. And then that call came in like 10 minutes later. Right. And I, I, I wiping tears off my face and driving. It was now the call came out good, but it was, it actually was a kickstarter in my life. I'm like, man, I'm still can do my job. I still, right. I'm, I'm okay. I'm like, man, right. I, I'm okay. So well, this is what this is why I brought that story up. Is I think it's really important for people to understand that it's okay to say I'm in the red, or it's okay yeah. because I would say that when you were sitting on the porch at your mom's house crying, right? <laughs> you okay. weren't in the green, no. right? Or the yellow, no, probably was, full on orange, I was running red lights. And yet, like uh, that decision, that acumen that you uh, demonstrated on that, and that that. Uh, decisive action you made like it saved lives right and so I want people to hear that is we can still function and that's one of the things yep. we do but a lot of people don't want to say I'm in the orange and the red because they don't want something you know like oh well, we're gonna take you off the line like you yep. like you you made like a an instrumental call in people's lives and yet an hour earlier you were a mess yes, right so we much. can still operate on our jobs and be highly professional and yet be really yes. struggling. Yes. I just think that that's... No, you'd say it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. And, and you know, you look at functioning alcoholics. Yeah. Guys can go out and pound a bunch of alcohol in the four day, come back to work, have everything together and, and, and cruise along. But it's at some point, it's going to catch them. Yeah. It's, it's going to, it will grab you and catch you. And then you're like, man, I'm in trouble. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I that, that time I was in the train job, I remember, I remember uh, talking to my kids and being pretty down, and I was driving home, and literally within like a one-mile stretch, 
something was on the radio and it cracked me up and I was laughing and I'm uh-huh. like, and then I got about halfway through that mile and I'm like, I was tearing up and I was sad. And then at, by the end, literally in a mile, at the end of that mile, I was pissed off. <laughs> I'm like, I remember going home like, man, I'm a mess. Right. Like one mile, I'm crying, laughing and yelling in the same, in, in less than a minute. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I could. I wish you could see the smile on my face and Kenny's face here. It's like that is what's to me just so badass about being a human and really to be embraced, yep. right? Yep. Right. And just to use that tool yep. of, you know, back to that whole stress continuum. It's like yep. it's okay to be yes. like I'm in the orange. I've got these amazing things going on, and but I've got this shit or wherever you are. Yep. But you're always getting pulled different directions yep. and. I have this habit of just, it doesn't always serve me well in peer support, but I will just, I just laugh at the comedy of the human existence, which is that, right? Yeah. I'm laughing, I'm crying, I'm angry, yeah. and it's just, we're a big hot mess. And yep. that's the beauty of resilience that I think people don't understand is like, oh, a, a resilient dude's got his, got his shit together. And you were kind of describing these, and we were talking about these people like, yeah, I've got to have control. And that's not resilience. No. Like a, a tightly controlled world no. is just a fragile world because, man, all the stuff outside of what's going on, that's all beyond our control. Yep. You know, yep. all beyond our control. Yep. We I was control how we react. Perfection in managing my life. Mm-hmm. Raising kids, working overtime, being on special teams, coaching my, you know, basketball track and, and football. And I manage my vacations, manage my money. Man, I was, I was great at that. Right. But at the end of the day, that's, uh-huh. that's normal stuff that that's a good skill to have. Right. But it doesn't take care of all the other things you have or, or that might come into your life. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff's not going to control an auto accident or a financial nope. crash or, nope. yeah, or, or your bad wife. call you went on or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah so. It, it's so true. <laughs> Just cruising along. Um, like, how do you f- define resilience? I think it's... Be- <laughs> I know, that's a good question. I'm like, I think I was always resilient in my life. Um, and then it, it obviously helped me through my, my tough times. But I don't know if it's my upbringing or I don't know where I got it from or what it is. But it's the ability to recognize, recognize emotionally and, and physically what you're doing to your body and, and what's going on in your life and being able to recognize that and then deal with it and then be really mm-hmm. honest about dealing with it. I mean, I still don't get me wrong. I'm not this strong guy running out there. I'm oh, crushing no, we're, it. We're idiots. Crushing it on everything. Don't get me wrong. I'm, not, I'm totally not that person. I have issues and mm-hmm. problems I still with and sometimes I get out of whack and sometimes I'm mm-hmm. way out of whack and you know, my sleep is terrible and I'm like, it, 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 it's, but it's the ability to get through it and to, to recognize it to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, it and to deal, to actually be man enough to deal with it, to sit down and deal with it and recognize maybe you're wrong. You're, mm-hmm. Maybe it's you. You know, if everybody's pointing their fingers at you, as Dan Mullen would say, it's you, it's not everybody else. Right. You know, so being able to recognize that and, and, and formulate a plan to get through it, whether it's big or small. Mm-hmm. It could be like, I'm thinking way too much about it. Like for me, it was the recent last six months, it's the news. I, I cannot watch it anymore. I won't watch it anymore. Oh, yeah. I'm like, right. I'm, I can't take it anymore. I'm over it. Social media, I'm off everything except like Instagram. And I'm looking at fly fishing things and, and that, you know, tropical islands and stuff. That's what I look at. I'm like, right. I just had to cut that stuff out of my life. I was, I was mad. I'd get on Facebook for oh, like yeah. 30 minutes. I'm like, what is wrong? And I'm like, I'm over it. Over it. So Yeah, I used to listen to NPR on the drive into work, and I'd show up grumpy. And I was like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Come on. And it's just because... You know, regardless of your of your position on the right or left, yeah. you you listen to the news and they're going to tell you all the shit that's wrong. Sucks the life. Yeah, out of you. I will say too. Well, I mean, you're active. You've always been trim. Like, what are other things you do? So one is you're 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 thoughtful about what you're ingesting, like emotionally in your world. Like, what other things do you think contribute? Well, like now, I think I'm, I'm in one of those. Like, I'm getting to the point where I've I've really got lax on my physical fitness. And, mm-hmm. and really my eating before, but I look, I'm just recently looking back and I'm like, so I was vegan for about 10 months. I was working out pretty hard, running the academies, pretty active. And I was really, really in a really good spot. Now I'm in a different job. I'm, you know, 
I have an office job. I still run around, do calls and kind of stuff like that. But my workouts have went, went downhill. My eating has went downhill. And so for me, like th that's really big, be able to, you know, to have the focus of eating and, and physical fitness and mental fitness. Those, those three things you got to really try to keep up balances. So I would say like right now I'm a little out of whack on, mm -hmm. on some of those things and recognizing that and get, getting back to it. Um, you know, it, I look at, like I think we've talked about it before, I've looked at like, I see people that leave here too early because some physical thing and that now they're, they're going to deal with something that we've been talking about, whether it's our divorces or whatever they're, they have, I see it in front of them and I'm like, and I see guys, you know, like you can complain about all the things we have and all things we do. But at the end of the day that as I always say here, the train never stops, right? It never stops. And if you don't recognize your physical fitness or your eating habits or your sleep habits or whatever those are physically, they, they will catch up too. just like it, it, everything catches up at some point. And if you want to have a long career here, you know, your physical fitness is, and your mental capacity to, to handle challenges has got to be top. We have, we, we have an oddball job. Mm -hmm. We have an oddball job. I can't plan B for me is plan A. <laughs> right. exactly. That was always my life. People have all these harder, dudes. right? Yeah. I'm like, well, I realize that's not me. I, I'm going. I'll be 54 here. Oh, you far as like the plan B, what you're going to do next? Yeah. Right? Like, well, yeah. how about work on plan A really hard, right? And write it out. That's me. That's what I've done. I'm 54. I have you know four or five maybe years left, and I want to be here, and I have to physically. Be. It's harder. The job is harder. Mm -hmm. It's the same job. Mm -hmm. It's just harder. Right. Mentally, physically, you know, getting mentally prepared for the job, like half the calls are going now are so boring to me. It's like, do you feel, I was just talking about this, uh, in the training video. Do you feel like there's more new nuisance calls now than there were like when I was a rookie 24 years ago? A little bit more, but the, it's bigger to you because the calls that weren't nuisances to you back then that they were okay are now nuisances. Right. So like, going on a core when I was working on the ambulance back in the day and I'm like, oh, that was a really good call. Now I'm like a core. I'm like, you know what I think about is like, um, like fires. Like it's, you know, we train for fires and I, um, but there's such a mixed bag that yes. at some point now, early in my career, I'd roll back in the station, you know, come in off a shift and you know, you'd smell the smoke. You're like, oh sweet, there's a fire. And now I roll in there and we're so much better in the last few years, but I was like, Ooh, that, that stinks. That smells like toxic to me. I still want to run them because yeah. I train so much, you know, and I really want to be in that crucible of, 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 of applying my skills, but yeah. my, yeah, my perception around those things. And so, you know, I, for me, I show up to work to serve all the other people around yep. me. And sometimes those are citizens. Um, and a lot of times they're my crew. Or, you know, because I see, especially like when I was at 42s and we had just officer du jour, um, it's like, it'd be a young guy that'd have a year on like, oh, hey, uh, or hey, I know the district. So what do you like, how do you, what do you think? Well, I, I still really get excited about calls and it, that's when that flame burns out, that's when it'll be time to go. But there's a lot of the other things I'm not as excited about and, and to be honest, not as motivated about it as what I used to be back in the day. I think the one problem with the fire services is that you're young, you want to get in the fire service and you, you like, I'm going to run fires, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. In reality, that's not true. Mm -mm. It's, and I don't think we really warn our new, I, mean, I did two academies, I don't think we really warn people about the, the really the aspect of our job. Um, if you get a fire this year or two or three this year, you're, you're pretty good. Now, I was lucky in my career, I did it's all luck. Mm -hmm. You know, my second day on the job, I went on a triple fatal. And it was the second triple fatal I'd been on. I'd been on one when I was up in Westminster working on an ambulance. And I, you know, I've been on seven fatality fires. I found people in fires and it was early in my career. I went on a plane crash into the water with people. And I, my first year I'm like, yeah, they, yeah, mm -hmm. yep. This is it. Yeah. And then I got sent to 36s and I'm like, there's deer running across the street. And I'm like, this is not my idea. And my perspective is very different, but people come here and they, we have this, false sense of what we're going to do and what we're going to be. And mm -hmm. I think that's, I think it's a bigger issue in the fire service or I don't know about everybody. There's departments that obviously do it, but that's not what we do. And I don't think people really understand what we do. We have a lot of downtime. We have a lot of up, you know, times where we're busy. We have times where we're running those nuisance calls and like that. And like we were talking about the other day, like, you know, if you really, you have to change your perspective, like, you have to be involved. So I was always, I was on the dive team. 
I started a little bit on the Wildland team, was on the USAR team for 13 years because I wanted to go on the big call. I wanted to do all that. Mm -hmm. And, and you do, you get, I got to do that. I put myself in positions to work at busy stations to do all those calls. And they're like, I'm a, I was a safety officer, which is the Mecca of running good calls. That's all you do. Right. And then I go back to the firehouse and I'm like, we got another lift assist. I'm like, <laughs> where did these come from? And I'm like, this is boring. It, it, kind of ruined me a little bit. I'm like, I had to get back to perspective of like, this is what we do. This is what we've always done. We help people. We help people. And whether it's turning their water off that. And so we had a, a great, great call the other day, engine 11, 630 in the morning, something like that. Went on a lift assist and, you know, old couple guys on the floor. Uh, we pick them up, we move them in there and the, the wife's trying to troubleshoot. We're trying to help her out. And uh, my Lieutenant, uh, he said, Hey, you know, if if you need us to come back and help move your husband into the car so you can drive him to the doctor, just yep. call us. Both of them started crying. Yep. Like me, I'm crying, so I'm getting. Yep. I wasn't crying. My eyes were sweating. Yep. My eyes were super. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like this is what we do. We help people, yep. and that was super gratifying. So, I think for me, what I've learned is when you can broaden your scope, yep. your perspective of what you're doing. It's like we're just here to help people, yep. and you know, some people like really don't. They're like. Not, well, Dan, Dan Mullen was really good at it. he 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 was he I really resonated with him and he's a good friend of mine and was my mentor and, and he's one of my favorite people of all time on the fire department for a couple too. of reasons he too. he loved having fun in the firehouse mm -hmm. he always told you you make, make sure you know your job which mm -hmm. and these are givens that we really should do but we right. can lie to ourselves and say we're, right. we're doing that every day but it's not and you should, you're serving people and seek out to serve people. So that, that, that's as easy as finishing, I've cut people's grass, finishing it. Okay? Yeah. I had a heart attack. Um, I painted a wall before. Um, hey, we'll come pick you up and take you back or whatever. Or, you know, they yeah. come by the station. I remember going on a house fire, entire house, roof burnt off. We overhauled everything. And the first floor was beautiful. The top, I'm like, oh my God. And the guy was like, hey, he wants to go in and see it like that. And he's like, well, if you could find my glasses. So we find his prescription glasses. And it's like his house never burned down. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. all he wanted was his glasses. He was lost without his glasses. And he could deal with his house, but he couldn't deal with not being able to see right. with his glasses. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's it cool. sounds goofy and trivial, but it is. Or we were talking about the other day, running on old people. And they're like, oh, it's just old people. And I'm like, you should really just... If you're in the back of the hand, we start talking to them. They have great stories, and they're funny people, and they have, they're worldly people. And they, mm -hmm. but if you don't seek out that, if you don't seek that, or frame your mind to look at calls differently, or to if you're bored and we don't ever do anything, we just run medical calls. Well, be the first one to start the IV. Make yourself active on those calls, and it's what we should be doing. But it, it will it'll help you internally. Yeah, internally to enjoy your job and 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 be a firefighter, really, because that's what we do. Yeah, that goes back to that honest phrase, like what yep. what do you do? But I don't yeah. think we teach. I don't think we. I don't think we teach that that much. Well, honest. yeah, and I think I think you're right. I was walking around the drill ground the other day when I was down here, just looking at all the props and the high rise and you know the door prop and the ladders and you know the hydrants yep. and you know so people have to learn those skills. Uh, and, and we have an abundance of experience ex um, with what happens on the fire ground and the risks that yep. we have it. We have a ton of experience of teaching people those skills. And on the other side, we have a ton of experience of feeling the impact, the psycho-emotional, yep. physical impact of the job. Yep. But we don't have a ton of skill of people internally that teach it. Yep. And so, but we can. We can. It's just people have to just yep. like, oh, this is what's going on. Yeah. I think before we started to record, uh, I had mentioned that I just heard that our peers help us determine what is normal, and yeah. like that's kind of what we're doing. So <laughs> you know, back to a couple things is one, just all your experience with disciplinary issues, and maybe we caught on on recording, and maybe we didn't. But uh, like I think what you said is all of these people that have been discipline, you know, had discipline, they had stuff going on in the yep. other parts of their life. Yep. So it and. I, I went. I was thinking last night because I, I, I knew we were going to talk about it. and I'm like, there's got to be some one person that, one person that it was something weird that happened, right? And like, nope, I, I can't think of anybody. <laughs> I can't. Right, not and a single normal. person. Yeah. Right, 
Mm-hmm. Now, if I if I didn't deal with my stuff and I was dealing with stuff and didn't and I I stayed on a trajectory, at some point I would have gotten trouble. Yeah. I I, I in the job I'm in and what we do, I something would have caught me. I would have gotten an accident. I would have fell asleep driving. I would have done. I would have got a DUI. Maybe would have you know thought I was stopped drinking early enough before I came to work and got popped for a drug test and I wasn't or whatever it might be. Order might be eventually something would have caught me. You know, it really struck me when you were listing off of all those things that might have happened. Um, a few of them were decision based. Like I would have made a bad decision. Yes. And that comes into uh, like my stress level and is it impacting yep. my sleep and am I recovering? Yep. So like when we're more stressed, when we're in the orange and yellow, it's just we don't have as many options available yep. to our brain. And so I wanted to go on to what we what the research tells us was when. We're in a positive state of mind. And so that doesn't mean, I think you and I talked about this, that doesn't mean like, oh yeah, I'm super happy, like yep. Andy Klinian, you know, because yep. that ain't me. That's no. not how I, but when we have um, just positive emotions, like interest and, you know, yep. engagement, joy, yep. love, all these things, we just think better. And uh, I, I love my crew now because we talk about being in the green, you know, flourishing. Yep. But on other crews that I've seen or other people, there's kind of this like, oh, you know, what's that? You know, what's that green stuff? You know, we're not, we're not green. Mm-hmm. We're firefighters. So what's been your there. perspective on that? Have been, you there, been there. Been there. Mm-hmm. Been there. Until like somebody slaps you in your face and then you're like, I guess I, I didn't look at it as, you know, green, yellow, and red. But you look back and you're like, yeah, I don't, that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm green every day. I'm, I'm killing it. I'm crushing it out here. And in reality, it's not. And like we talked earlier, recognizing that. And you can you can say it all you want, and people are going to believe you whether or not. It doesn't mean you're tough or you're weak or you're not can't do your job or go save a baby or whatever. It doesn't mean it. Not, that means nothing. But I think recognizing life balance. I think that's the biggest thing. And, and having balance. Like I'm tired. I can make an extra thousand, twelve hundred dollars. I could you know I could do that and I could do this. I could I can work more. And like what is your work balance? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, When's the last time you took your kids fishing or went and hit mm-hmm. the ball or just hung out at the house? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Literally just being home sometimes is it. You know, what, what's the ex- external impact you're having on, you know, a wife who stays home or works and you have two kids? And, you know, I'm, I'm sure all of us can, will relate to this. Like you get the phone call and kids are screaming in the back and <laughs> yeah. wife's crazy. And you're like, hey, guys, we... Hold on, I'll be there in a minute because you're playing pickleball or doing right. something and giggling. Right. And she's like, never mind, and hangs up. And you're mm-hmm. like, yeah. so for us, we have that stressor coming to work, right? And we're gone for long periods of time. And then at home is exponentially. So one good thing about our job is we, we have a lot of time spent with our kids. And we, we actually can be those stay-at-home dads for a little bit of a time and, and, and get that and, and learn it. But if you don't recognize it on the other end and you, hey, I'm just going to pick up another shift on work at 72, and you've just stacked another day on to you know your significant other, and that's not good. Now you might be in the green out here, but you're really not. You're not how the home life goes because your balance is off. Because you, I think people see that, and at some point they they know it. Like some people are probably disconnected enough they don't. Yep. But they they feel it at home. Yep. They feel it at home. Yeah. Well, they, they're gonna feel it. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. They're gonna feel it. Yeah. When you come home and everything's in boxes. Did you did you ever um, kind of struggle with uh, how you behave towards your wife and your kids when you showed up after shift? Like, were you when you just arrived home? You know, after getting. I think I had times and moments where I was tired, um, and I'm sh- I, I can't recall. I, I didn't struggle much with it. Um, I mean, I had my kids, my ex at the time shared, so I'd come home get the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had my son when he was young, and then he got older and he was in school, then I just had my daughter. So it wasn't like overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I, during the day I got worse. I think during the day I got worse, I was big. So I had a guy tell me uh, when I worked up on the ambulance in Westminster, you know, working the modified Kelly and burning the midnight, you know, working, over, you know, working in between days, just working hard, like working on an ambulance, working, you know, 1920 yeah. calls, like working, like staying. I wish you stand up. And I was like, man, I'm tired. And he told me, he's like, worst advice ever, by the way. <laughs> He's like, don't let sleep affect your life. Get over it. <laughs> and that I'm like, is the worst advice ever. And I'm like, okay. And I did that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not tired. I did. And now I still struggle with sleep and I have to still struggle with sleep. I'm like, 
get four hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Get up, go to and like, and it's not good. It, the older I get, the it really affects me. Like I, I, and I'm getting older too. I'm like, where was I going? What am I doing? And I'm like, you don't think right. You don't process right. You don't think right. You don't. You're not motivated. Mm-hmm. You eat bad. You don't work out. You get sluggish. You know, and all of a sudden you're watching two hours or three hours of TV, and you're like, that's what sleep does to you. So that advice, you know, it powered through me when I was young and it was good. And I was young. Because we have a lot of reserves. Yeah, Yeah. we had lots. You're like a little kid running around. But Mm -hmm. now when you get older and your kids are older, it's terrible advice. It was terrible advice. That's the most prevalent issue uh, at South Metro. And I think all departments is sleep. Yep. But, you know, what I see, though, is a lot of airplane mode. So we were talking about sleep and how prevalent that is, how poor sleep. How it, it, and so what I was going to say is people say, well, South Metro, we need to change the schedule or what. And yet they're not, a lot of people, not everybody don't invest on like, what do you, what do you need to change at home yep. to yep. make sure that you're sleeping? You yep. Know? Because I mean, we're at, I'm in station 11. It's the busiest engine in the district and I can't control that. Nope. But <laughs> I, I, you know, I go home and I prioritize sleep. Yep. I go to bed and I make sure I got eight hours before I have to get out of bed. Yep. So it's for sure. And I think that comes back to if you can build, if you can build a good structure of balance in your life and, and recognize where you are in that structure and, and deal with those when, whether your sleep or your work or family life is getting out of the whack of getting those back together and having this, cause I, I never thought of it. That I was doing it. Actually, I, I did think about it pretty hard. I, w- I was a good planner at that part, but I think if you don't recognize when you're out of balance and all of those things, and recognizing all those things, that's when you get in trouble, and your sleep, your sleep, your sleep contributes to not recognizing all of that. Right. It, you know what I was thinking earlier when you were talking about now how your your diet isn't as good and you're not as working out, you're not working out as much as that. I mean, you're in a relationship that's pretty cool. You just proposed. Yeah, to Sarah. And so there's actually three parts of our health, our physical health, our emotional health and our social health. So I'm just guessing that your social health and as much as you've got a really cool, supportive connection at home. Yeah, it's probably it might be, you know, helping you out with those other two right now. Yeah, absolutely. And and another thing, when you when when I tell people you're going to be okay, and I'm sure we've talked about this, you agree with this. I'm like, man, I got through this. I'm like, life is good for me. Like mm-hmm. I can truly say that, not that it wasn't good before and I could say it before, but I'm in a very different space. I'm older. My kids are gone. I mean, I'm in a different space, but people at my age still, we struggle even worse at some points. You know, you, kids mm-hmm. go leave and, you know, you're getting older and you're tired and you're burned out. And I'm in a very good space because of what I recognized when I was struggling and, and got through it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to be okay. Here's my plan get back to doing this, get back to doing that and, and getting back to myself and realizing myself, like maybe I sacrificed too much before, or maybe I don't, or maybe looking at people, you know, man, they're struggling with some problems, which I kind of always did before and, and recognizing those different things I think help out. But yeah, uh, it's, it's good. Life is good. It's good. Still have my issues. I told you before. I mean, what are, so what are the, like the areas that you still struggle with? Sleep. Sleep. One. Mm-hmm. I, I broke my sleep habits. Good. I don't think I, I think I was a decent sleeper, but when I started in this profession and I was young, it was easy, but the older I've gotten, it's gotten bad. It's, it's, I've never been the same. I, I was telling me, uh, we went deployed to 9-11 and the, the 9-11 call and, and deploying there's that thing, but we stayed up for like 48 hours one night or one shift. And I got like three or four hours and then 60 and, and then had like, eight hours and I was up like, you know, 14, 15, 16 hours of hop. And I never, I never, I think I broke my sleep cycle. <laughs> I don't know if you can do <laughs> yeah. it, but I used to get like fall asleep for an hour or two in the afternoon, but I cannot. And then if I do fall asleep, if I hear a pin drop, I'll wake up and it's over. And I just, I struggle with it, struggle with it. Like forcing myself to go to bed or staying up or it, it's, I've watched every series there is on TV at two in the morning. <laughs> you know, <on> TV. <laughs> That's not helpful. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. All right. You anything? You, thank no. you for your time. No, thanks for doing this. Thanks for doing this. Uh, as always, anybody needs to call and talk, I'm always here to 
talk. I've been through stuff. I know people have been through stuff and help help you out get there. But if you haven't been through stuff, you're gonna. You're gonna. You're gonna. You're gonna. Right. (laughs) You don't have to come out in the firehouse and hug everybody and cry every day in the station, but at least take some time to recognize where you're at and, and and really take it seriously. Yeah, just to put a, a, a wrap to it, what I what I like about you, uh, enjoy your company, is, and I would like other people to see this, is we're talking about real stuff, and we're laughing and having a good time. I mean, <laughs> there's there's times to be, yeah. I mean, sad, and like you yeah. and I both related, like sobbing on the floors, right? And yep. Living with our moms, yeah. or I lived with my sister and all that yeah. stuff, but... I mean, come on. It's, it's human life, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I find it stem funny. But I promise you, folks, that if you call me or you call Kenny, we're not going to laugh at you. No, no. But, yeah, because it hurts. No. When you're in the herd, it hurts. But We'll laugh a year or two after. Exactly. Yeah, when we get you in a good spot, but for sure. All right, man. I appreciate well, it. Well, thank dude. you for doing it. Appreciate yeah, it, man. Appreciate it's great. It. All right, we're going.